Hello, and welcome to a special edition of Third Degree Burn. I'm your guest host, Kirk Greenfield, and we're joined with the usual panel of experts, starting with regular host, Brian Hughes. Hey! And Tim Elliott. Hello. And we're joined by guest host, Beth Hughes. Hola. And his son, Chris. Hello, everybody. So we've got five on board for tonight's discussion of She-Hulk. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the fifth episode to drop. Is that correct? Correct. This is uh, all about um, Titania. Titania. Anyway, she's uh, copyrighted the expression She-Hulk, and uh, Jennifer Walters is not pleased. But before we get too far in there, I don't want to tip my hand too much here, but it's great. Do we have any discussion about uh, comic-related information or Marvel or uh, fandom in general that we want to share before we get into this um, very short episode? Yeah, yeah. Um, my dad, I was like, right before we got on this podcast, I was playing uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales on, on, on my uh, console here. And dad walked in and watched like five minutes of this and was like, you got to talk about this on the podcast. This is great. Yeah, it was it's really, awesome. it's, it's the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man in the game. And um, now, number one, the, the game graphics, is play, he's playing on a PlayStation 5. This is one we actually bought, and that one that we almost got for free by accident. We turned that one in. Uh, <laughs> but um, he, he's sitting there playing on a PlayStation 5, and the graphics, of course, are in 8K. I mean, it is gorgeous. And the scene, the sequence that he was doing was, it looked like it was on the, the George Washington Bridge, and all sorts of mayhem is going on, and he's basically fighting to save the lives of passengers on the bus, pedestrians, people that uh, had gotten out of their vehicles because of the trouble on the bridge, and uh, there's just a lot going on there, and a lot that he's having to deal with. And is he talking to Peter Parker, Chris? Or who's he talking to over his... Uh, the, the, the suit. Uh, that's his. It was his uh, high school roommate, Genki. Okay, so the guy in the chair, his guy in the chair. Yeah, he's the guy in the chair. Okay, and I mean, it was it was as cinematic as you know Spider-Man: Homecoming, uh, and just really really good act action. And then you know Chris, of course, was playing it and just reacting to everything that's going on. It looked like it was a lot of fun. Um, I was really impressed with the the graphics and the 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 drama dramatic tension that it was building for the scene there. So I was really really impressed. He's had this for several months and been playing it. Uh, right, a bit. So are you are you playing are you playing it? AK TV. Yeah, our, our, oh, our yeah, yeah, we got a seventy five inch. Uh, yeah, I I didn't know it could go AK, but then I was like, oh, let's see if I can up the performance, and it went all the way to AK. Damn! All right. <laughs> Let's just see how this goes. Yeah, but he was trying to teach this old lady how to play it, so <laughs> I was smiling the whole time while he was trying to tell me how to do. Yeah, controls. <laughs> now, controls. <laughs> in, in other gaming news for us, um, we received something in the mail yesterday or day before that uh, we got from Nebraska Furniture Mart. Now, they've been selling, along with a lot of other places, these arcade one-up machines. Are you guys familiar with those? No. They're like mini yeah, recreations. Yeah, I've seen them at, yeah, I've seen them at like Walmart. It's basically a console framework with a 
monitor TV inside it, right? Yeah, it's it's a mini recreation of the well, not too mini, but it's like a recreation of all the arcade classic machines, you know, Pac Man, Ms. Pac Man, Asteroids, and things like that. And a lot of these come with multiple games built into the console. And like we bought one a couple years back that's got like Tempest, Missile Command, Centipede, Millipede. Uh, a lot of those old Atari games that are reliant upon either a trackball or a dial. And so it's got that control set. Well, there was another one that they put out that had like Pac-Man, Galaga, Galaxian, Dig Dug, Rolling Thunder, and a bunch of other games on it. And uh, those things, you know, the full case and everything uh, for you to, to play cost, you know, in the area of near $500, $450 to $500 for one of those full standing ones. They've just now put out, within the last couple months, what they call Couchcade, which is the control panel for the arcade game on a, a beanbag pillow. So you can set it in your lap. And it connects to the TV through Bluetooth and audio. And so you can sit there and play these arcade games on your big screen TVs now with the correct control set the correct joysticks and other controllers and such and those arcade buttons that you like rather than using a, a gamepad controller for the PlayStation or whatever. And they're about $169 for these little Couchcade uh, machines. And I was really impressed with it. So I, I grabbed one up and um, it's a lot of fun. Beth was playing Galaga last night and uh, kept getting the, <laughs> the, getting the double ship configuration that she likes to get. So... Uh, so is the game kind of built into the control panel? Yeah. Loading your lap, that just syncs to your TV? Yeah. That's it. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and it's... It, it was fun. But you didn't lose that... Um, you didn't lose that arcade gaming experience of, you know, not playing on the, the right controls. And I thought that's what made it really, really good. That's the one thing... You know, because I've got MAME on my computer, so I can play virtually all those old arcade games, but just not as fun doing it on a keyboard and mouse. And likewise, when you get these game emulators for the PlayStation or the Xbox or whatever, it's fun, but once again, you're sitting there using the gamepad, and the control set's different, and it's not like the original experience. Yeah. So I sure. thought that was really, really cool. And just, you know, putting it that's a, a much better price point than, you know, trying to pay $500 for one of these things. Well, now. and you don't have to worry about having... Because those consoles, even though even though they're down, you have to find a place to put them. It's not like you could pack it up and put it away. Yeah, you have to put it somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, that's uh, that's all I got right now. Um, other news coming. So, how later. did y'all like the opening of uh, She Hulk? <laughs> By Titania. By Titania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought that was funny. I loved it. I yeah. gotta tell you, it was pretty. Pretty well done. I mean, I don't watch a lot of women's television commercials, but I thought it was well executed. It got its point across. I really liked it. And the other thing that I really was impressed by was the exterior of her store had these huge murals uh, promoting various products. Mm-hmm. And I swear, I don't, you know, it just called to mind two things. One, the exterior of the San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> with uh, you know promotions for what's going on inside, and also uh, it seems like it was Xanadu where the main character was painting oversized blowups of record album covers, and I I just thought they dropped a pretty penny to create those huge uh, murals. I suppose they could have done it digitally and that it, it didn't exist in the real world, 
But I was. I mean, you know, they. They. I didn't. I noticed it. I noticed it. Be, uh, what threw me off that it was coming from the trade show industry. I know we can produce stuff pretty quick, but if they're, if they're, I don't have a sense of how much time has gone past in these episodes. Seems like it's just a matter bang, of days. Bang, bang. Yeah, it's happening quick. Well, That's this is. It is kind of a spoof of um, Gwyneth Paltrow's labels, Goop. And all that, and how they're throwing yeah, stuff out there—just anything and everything that you know they can, just to put it out there to see what sticks. And well, I think skewering all influencers because that's what she gets. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing is, Titania is supposed to be that, like, just the the worst example of what an influencer is and does, and, and just monetizing anything and everything. Um, it's pretty funny. I did find something just. I'm looking at IMDb right now for the episode, and I didn't notice this until right now. But it, it's what's really funny is that the character of Nikki and the character of Titania, both their real names are alliteratives. <laughs> uh, what? Nikki Nikki Ramos, her uh, real name is uh, Ginger Gonzaga, GG. Okay. And Titania is played by Jamila Jamil, JJ. Okay. And so, I mean, it's like Stan Lee oh, yeah. gave them their names. Stan Lee, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stan Lee got it. Well, the, the, the fact that it, this happened so fast that it, I was thinking about this yesterday was this is, uh, it's like, like, it's like 70s or, or early 80s sitcom logic. It's, and I thought, it was, I thought about this on the, uh, the court cases, you know. They, they file, you know, a court case comes up and, you know, in the real life, court cases take weeks or months to come to file. And here it's like, nope, we're going to trial right away. No, this is, all, this is all pre-trial, pre-trial discussion. It's not actual trial. And so the, well, the, pre- stuff, the pre-trial stuff can usually happen pretty quick just to decide whether or not they're going to go to trial. And I whether still, there's an injunction. Right. I still think it's all... And then it's fine. If that's what they're going for, going for that kind of lighter, uh, kind of uh, don't take it too seriously kind of uh, yeah, approach, I mean, approach to being very sitcom you know, you, thing. So You can just fight for it to become serious, and the next thing you know, you've got uh, a, uh, a trash panda with a machine gun. Sorry, raccoon. Uh, oh, wait, that's not serious. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's, it, it is a comedy of the absurd. Is the way that the that this show is laid out. So you're gonna. I don't have problems with it taking its little leaps, just like the breaking of the fourth wall and all that. And it, I mean, it's it's all tongue in cheek. Um, it, it is. It's an, and it's a little. And, and I will say that the humor is humor is getting a little. It's getting a little. Not super funny, but it's getting a little. Uh, and it, this episode felt like. Possibly, possibly could have been. Think this could have been something Burn could have. It felt a little bit like Burn could have been his run. He was doing Shield, but if it's like uh, a kind of a conversation that would that would happen amongst fans, like you sit at the comic store and you're like, well, you know, well these people aren't trademarking their name, so make them along and trademark Spider-Man, then he can't call himself Spider-Man. And right. Like that ran with it. For this, it's like, you know, which makes sense. I mean, if if. Uh, uh, you know, in most of those cases, like Spider-Man, for instance, doesn't have a known identity, so 
he doesn't, you know, he probably doesn't care. You know, nobody's going to sue him. But the fact that is, you know, you know, and she legally, can you have a, an alias legally? I mean, well, can you? This is the joke of the the episode because She Hulk was created solely for a copyright purpose. When yeah. the, the Hulk TV series was on in the 70s, they were talking about doing a female version of the show since the Bionic Woman was doing, you know, had done that with Six Million Dollar Man. So they created yeah. the She-Hulk simply to protect the trademark. That makes sense. I could never figure out why Stan Lee went there. Thank you for answering that question. <laughs> <laughs> now I got it. So now, the, the other it. thing, but the other thing, as far as like Spider-Man and all those other characters not being trademarked, they actually are inside the 616 Marvel Universe. Marvel Comics puts out comics for those heroes, and they get the heroes' permission to do it. They get the trademark. Okay. So like they put out the Fantastic Four comic books, you know, and, and, yeah. and such and such. And basically, they get some sort of, of okay from those guys to, yep. to utilize them, and they get the trademark. That's established right. as far back as Fantastic Four number 10, yeah. when Stan and Jack appear and Doc Doom walks in. That's a long-standing, what do you call it, trope? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, and it, again, I think I brought this up in the last episode on it being them exploring... Uh, the, the more realistic uh, ramifications of having mech and super beings in your world. And this I don't think this is the show to do it because they are going, going and very tongue-in-cheek, but you know, what does that entail? I mean, do you have to trademark your name? Do you have to trademark your look? Do you that's uh, uh, the, the, the Sokovia Accord? Mm-hmm. And I can't, can't remember. It's been abolished because that was all about having superheroes registering. Registering. They, well, I would think that would apply to any any superpower person. They they haven't. I do been... if it was legally. If it, I do think that they would have to do that if it was required by the particular state or county, or you know at. I mean, or country that you live in. So if it was required legally, then yes, you would have to register. But since no one is apparently required to register at this point in time, then no, it's not required. Well, I mean, the thing is, the Sokovia Accords were still in effect before, uh, at the time of Infinity War. And so at the time of the snap, they were still in effect. Now, General Ross is dead as I understand it General Ross died I mean obviously William Hurt passed away but right they killed him off in universe uh, if if I I recall properly at least in the the MCU they'd said something about him being being dead being dead but and, and the thing is he was the main proponent of the Sokovia Accords I don't think anybody else is even thinking about them after the superheroes you know went and saved everything and brought everybody back and so it's not right. a subject to discussion, but it can be brought up later as a plot point on one thing or another when they need it. Well, okay. If this, if this is a show. I think they should at least, if they were to do it in more of a comedic way, but you know, deal with suddenly she's been given all this power and keeps her in check. Does she have to, you know, 
you know, it, it's kind of like uh, if, you were, if you were bringing up you know, who pays for all the damages, obviously, you know, you say that Tony Stark paid for everything, but uh, or Reed Richards paid for everything if something was wrong. So, like, she's, uh, you know, when, when she had that tussle with Titania in the, the first episode and put in whatever damages were occurred, who pays for that? Is that just written off? The court pays for it, the city, the county, or do is if Titania was to blame, she have to pay those damages. I, damages. I think there's a fund created for it, and then damage control comes in and does the repair. Yeah, I knew they. I knew that was established. Damage can do that, but yeah, yeah it's like who knows? Maybe he started a Marvel insurance line. Well, the, the, the thing is, Stark himself is the one that started damage control uh, in the MCU, yeah. and therefore Stark also gets to recover any technology that's been you know discovered we and we saw in like spider-man homecoming that they take all that stuff and 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 and, and, you know house it away somewhere it's it and and maybe the government um has you know you know domain over it but stark's the one that seems to be getting it all and, and probably you know uh you know utilizing that to create other new technologies and they've got well, that guy. You know the- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. <laughs> well, there was the guy from the one shot. Um, it was the, the the boyfriend and girlfriend who are robbing banks using the Chitari weapons, who basically is smart enough, intuitive enough to sit there and take those weapons and uh, backwards rig them so that uh, we can use them here on Earth. And where did that come from? Uh, it's a Marvel one shot. It's on YouTube. Uh, I think it's called Item Forty Seven. I'd have to have to look at it. I know, um, but yeah, it, it was a, a little ten-minute short uh, that they put in there between the movies. Because I mean, uh, there's there's a number of these. There's a strange thing happened on the way to Cali. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Where the to the to the uh, Midwest where uh, Agent Coulson is driving in an SUV heading out to Thor's Hammer. Yeah. And uh, he stops at a quickie mart to get some Twinkies or something and yeah. and stops a robbery. And then there's I one called The Consultant it. where him and Jasper Sitwell are trying to figure out who they can send to talk to General Ross to prevent him from trying to draft the uh, abomination. And they decide, okay, we'll send Tony Stark. Uh, and that's what, why you see that scene at the end of the Hulk where Stark comes and talks to General Ross. And then they have one hail, all hail the, the king where it's uh, a reporter going to talk to um, Slattery, the, the uh, guy that was portraying the Mandarin in Iron Man 3, uh, Ben Kingsley's character. And uh, I, you know, these are little shorts you can find online. They're like 10-minute... Uh, things that Marvel put out, uh, you know, after the the early sets of movies, um, they haven't put out anything like that, you know, since. Um, they're like webisodes. Yeah, they're like webisodes, but they were putting them uh, extras on the DVD sets or Blu-ray sets for the the movies. Like All Hail the King had um, came with uh, Iron Man three, and uh, Strange Thing Happened on the Way to Thor's Hammer. That's what it was. I think was with the Thor DVD set, Blu-ray. Um, may seem of this the of this um, kind of probably like we saw on in this um, Tom Holland Spider-Man where the Vulture is basically trying to 
salvage all this tech, and then he kind of gets, yeah. you know, fired. You may see some of that in Armor Wars. Uh, uh, that, that, that may not be just... Yeah, but uh, is that going to be Rhodey doing the whole Armor Wars thing? It seems kind of odd if it's not Tony, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know how that's... It may, so it may not be... Maybe it's not just him going after Stark Tech. Maybe it's all the rogue tech that's out there. I'm yeah. sure that's just a past run that he's just trying to put down that, you know, can't have every little third world nation and or have, you know... According to Kevin Feige, suits. there are no Avengers right now. There is no Avengers right now in the MCU. They're they're kaput, broke up, split, non-Beatles. Um, well, I would, I would think that if they wanted to get Tony Stark involved in something like that, and they're talking about multiverse at this point. Somebody could open up the portal and say, oh, yeah, Tony, here, grab Iron Man, bring him in, takes his mask off, and it's like, wait, you're not Robert Downey Jr.? He says, what do you mean? It's Tom I've Cruise. I've never been Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> I've always been this well, there was There was rumor in the multiverse madness that it was a Tom Cruise. Yeah. Because years, years ago, he was Iron Man, that he was going to do a cameo as, and that could happen. But, uh, you know, and with, with the... With the multiverse opened up, now you can basically just pick, pick, do anything. Do. Yeah, yeah, you can pick right. what you want to and recreate. Going back to this exactly. episode, there's a couple things. Number one, I don't think we even stated the the name of the episode. No. The name of the episode was "Mean Green and Straight Poured into These Jeans." Yeah, which she says in her court case against Titania uh, on her what was it Matcher profile? <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay. Meant yeah. For hookups. Well, it, Basically, Tinder. Which taking, is how she won her case. Yeah. Yeah, they're taking, uh, I've seen that a lot of TV shows, mostly, uh, uh, that they'll take a title, an episode out of three and a half, two and a half minutes to take a, a, a line of dialogue out of the episode. That's the title. Yeah. You know, you know I got wrong last week so when I posted it, because when I looked it up, they, they said it was Blaze It, and it was not. The title actually last week was Isn't This Real Magic? Is This Not Real Magic? Yeah. Is This Not right. Real Magic? Yeah. Is This Right? right. So. so. And what I found interesting is while we're discussing, you know, what is real, well, apparently in this episode, it's real enough that you still have to have a designer sign your, you know, make your outfit. <laughs> because okay, and the mode showed up. No, no, no. This is the love child. This is the love child of Edna Mode and Hollywood from Mannequin. Um, exactly. Luke Jacobson is the is the character's name. I'm trying to. Oh man. Well, how do you guys feel about since we're talking about the, uh, you know, the, the designer? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is spoilers. You know, we're spoilers for this whole episode. We're, we're breaking it down, but um, but we see the Daredevil helmet. Is and, that yes. what it was? Yeah, yeah. and it was sure. beat That's up. What it was? It was beat uh, up and scuffed. Yeah, it was very beat up and scuffed. Well, was it? actually, yeah. the biggest thing about this is why is his helmet in L.A.? He's why a New York-based hero. Yeah, yeah he went out to L.A. to find Karen Page. Are, are we sure? No, I mean that's that's I mean, that's, that's, just, that's that's, that's what you assume. What is he doing in L.A.? What happened to his previous costume maker? Because he had one Melvin in Melvin Potter, right? Yeah, Melvin Potter, who is the gladiator. He probably Melvin probably went back to a life of crime. 
Well, there's multiple I thought things he was that stealth happened man. to you. What? Or did he just work no, no, out the no. of his stilt man costume in his, in his uh, garage? He, yeah, he helped He helped design stilt man's costume. Okay. So he was kind of like Chinker. He was the guy that was doing tech for uh, villains or superheroes. You're saying that's Melvin Potter? No, yeah, no, no, Melvin no, Potter, the, who was the gladiator, was the, yeah. the guy that used to design Daredevil's uh, costumes. And, um, you know, or actually, I mean, he he made a costume for him during the Born Again storyline. But uh, he he made, you know, he started up a costume shop and, of course, the Mob Boys went to him. Uh, in the Daredevil series, the, the one on Netflix, uh, he actually is the one that made Daredevil's costume as well as the Stiltman's uh, tech. Yeah, see, I thought they were implying he was Stiltman. I don't know if it was just that he was doing uh, stuff for, I guess, good guys and bad guys. But I, I just, I, one, I don't know why they're doing it, the red and yellow costume. I think that's just because, oh, it existed in the comics, let's do it. So, no, it doesn't look Well, like to it. me, it just didn't look painted. It still looked like it was being sanded down. It wasn't painted just yet. So it's either, yeah, it's either like a work in progress, or it's the old costume that he's making a new one. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, did you well, did you guys ever read uh, back in the eighties the Dakota North series? Had you I heard of it? Remember it, but I didn't read it. I didn't read it. I, 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 Apparently, Luke Jacobson, and that's the the designer was in that issue. He was a clothing designer in the Marvel Universe. This oh. is like a serious deep pull uh, from the from the Marvel 616 Universe. Of course, there he was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed uh, Thor wannabe as far as, you know, how he looked. Well, but he had like three appearances altogether. When, uh, is her sister Nikki, is that her name in the show? Nikki Ramos, uh, the yeah. Uh, yeah, paralegal, yeah. Uh, and I thought her little interaction with the, the other guy in the office was that's probably the highlighted episode. I thought it was pretty because I thought when he came in and he's saying, Oh, why well, did you do this? Stay in line with me because I need to buy these Iron Man 3 skirts. Oh, God. The, the shoe section, it, it, I mean, Chris is going to go off here for one. Okay. Well, I thought, I thought, <laughs> I thought he was going to be the way he portrayed most of the men in this office. That he's kind of, you know, kind of a pig. Mm-hmm. Right. When she says, she's as shallow as he is. She says, oh, you're just going to buy his shoes and get them? I respect that. So then they kind of go in together. Uh, and they kind of had this little uh, this little, little adventure before uh, the clothing. So I thought that interaction together was, was kind of fun. It was and because so too. many people do that today. I mean, you, my son is in the shoe game, so you know we have to. We always are looking at drops on shoes to see if we can get them at retail before they go up in price. I mean, that's just the way it is. <laughs> um, there's a whole. My wife looks at that. It's on either on Facebook or maybe it's Facebook Marketplace. There's a whole market. For people to sell, uh, I guess these one kind, you know, they're, they're, they kind of go out of, they kind of go out of print. Shoes yeah. That, oh, that have come out. You've no idea. There's a there's a store at the Galleria in Dallas that we've gone to that has shoes that are in the tens of thousands of dollars yeah, per there's pair. A, there's a 
this is probably the same. It's the here. Supreme Shoe Store. Well, it's it, it's no, and, not just the Supreme Shoes. They have like okay, if anyone knows Off White, they have Gucci, they have Yeezys, they have the oldest. Um, it, what is it? Eighty. What year did Jordan sign? Eighty-seven. No. Eighty-nine. It was eighty-nine. I, I pair of Jordan bat. ones. Uh, uh, Chicago ones. It was crazy, and those were going for like twenty seven thousand dollars. Yeah, they are. They were from the eight, from, you know, from the late eighties, and so Air, and Jordan, we're still Air Jordan in ones was nineteen eighty five. Yeah, Air Jordan ones was nineteen eighty five. Yeah, so he, he says, was, she says, "Why do you need two pairs? One, one to rock and one to stop." Yeah, that's not right. I know, right. I know guys will do that with comics. They'll buy one to read and they'll buy one they never read and they'll just put it right in the bag. Right, yeah, because yes, any, yeah. any dent, creases, anything that happens to the comic book, of course, you know, Cream. lowers the value. Same with shoes. You have creases. Same with shoes. You, 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 you know, you tighten the laces too hard. You, uh, you use the draw, you know, the, the, some shoes come with a draw mechanism so you can, you know, not have to tie your shoes. You, you it's watch crazy. these guy, kids walking around with these shoes and you can tell which ones are trying not to crease them by the way they walk. And I use <laughs> my own son as an experience in this because I've seen him sit there walking around with the shoes no. in an effort to not crease them. But wait, them? he decides to wear them to the Comic-Con <laughs> and he walked around for yes 15,000 step day he decides he's going to wear these shoes and not try to put creases in them to later discover about a week later that you can't put a crease in them because the toe guard is so hard you can't put a crease in them. They're actually made to protect the shoe. So he hurt so bad for like a week after that to discover he put himself through pain for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but, we, but we don't want to embarrass him, so we don't want to even mention that. No, are you kidding? He's proud. He's like, you know. Now I know. That's a wrong <laughs> that, uh, my, my wife's a good friend of my wife. Her, her. Beyonce does that. He collects shoes, you know, and that and Funko Pops. He collects shoes and Funko Pops. Yeah, we got um, a few of those. To return to the episode, yeah. I, I have a comment. Um, you know, we've been seeing animated She-Hulk uh, throughout and close-ups of her face when she uh, reacts, raises her eyebrows, yeah. shifts her eyes. You know, this episode, more than any other... I felt like I was watching Fiona in um, in Shrek. Uh, you know, well, just, the CG was a Shrek. lot more obvious in this one than it's been in the previous episodes. That's for sure. But they yeah, mentioned that, she was Shrek in um, yeah, the court yeah. in the courtroom. Yeah, yeah, that that, that insult, and I had already uh, before that happened. I had already kind of you know she mugged so much when she's sitting. In the courtroom behind the, um, I don't know, is she the defense? No, she's in the prosecution side. I, you know, she she was reacting to just about everything that was said and done. You see her raise her eyebrows or kind of shrink or shrug or something like that. And then at one point they say, yeah, she's just this, what, Jennifer Walters, she's just this shy, meek little uh, wallflower or something like that. Imp, imp, they say. 
and I was very surprised because I thought it was out of character for her to go. I, I loved it because I love the actress, but when she says, yep, that's me, I'm thinking, wait a minute, what happened to the tough fighting, um, you know, prosecuting attorney in the first episode who was not going to take any guff and was a queer woman? I mean, it seemed like somebody well, well, rewrote that, her. That's what I thought when she went to confront Titania. That I guess I assumed that was like a pop-up store or something. And she jumps in line, and she's very timid. I would think she would be furious. I mean, she kind of wants it all to go away because she, she's kind of uh, – she says that to the show. She goes, Jennifer Walters is who I am. She Hulk is, she Hulk is something to me. So – Right. But she's very – you know, she's like, oh, basically, Tanya says, oh, I've got the name, you know, basically, get, get out of here. And she takes a picture <laughs> with a fan and she leaves and I exactly she stand up a little more to that so like look you can't do this you know so, you know but then if you did that they couldn't have the court case but um, I, I mean remember. that was the one reason why you turn into She-Hulk to show everyone excuse me I am She-Hulk yeah. You well, know, it, but <laughs> you're no buying a product. It's no that, different than the uh, the McDowell brothers that lost the use of their own name when Ray Kroc basically kind of did them dirty and copyrighted McDonald's, and they couldn't even call their own restaurant McDonald's. Yeah. They barred from it. So, and Nike actually copyrighted Air McNair as a name for a shoe without getting any permission from Steve McNair. Back in the uh, what yeah, 90s. But, yeah, but Spuds McKenzie got, got uh, copyrighted too. The dog with a, a spot over his eye. That was mm -hmm. a big deal. Her, well, there's uh, one other thing that, about this episode that kind of surprised me. The parade of her Tinder matches, or, or whatever you want to call it, match or matches. Uh -huh. All the actors from the prior episode that were just there for like speed dating that we saw briefly, yeah. they all return this episode. And I was, uh, you know, kind of surprised by that, but very pleased to see how, oh, yeah, they had this in mind. This is very carefully plotted that this is going to come back around. But I'm, I'm frustrated that the um, pediatric oncologist, whoever that is, that that's not why Wingfoot and that it doesn't look like they're going to be getting together. I thought they were a really good couple, except he's turned off by... Puny little uh, right. You know. He just, yeah, he's not attracted to to Jennifer, so I think I think she's going to wind up. Her arc is she's going to choose to become Shield and stay that way. You know, just as in as yeah, Burns well, she'll stay that way as long as Disney can afford to animate her. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> but you know, that's where I think this is going. That that we're seeing a progress, uh, a progression of the character. Um, as she's developing and becoming more and more comfortable with She-Hulk, and that the world prefers her that way, and I think at some point well, she's going to go for that. She's going to. Well, in this episode, she she. Uh, I mean, I will say it's a little bit of character growth for her because she fights for the, her name. She didn't want name. She didn't want anything to do with it. She just mm -hmm. was like, I you know, they had this job. Had this job, big and green. So I'll deal with it. But somebody take somebody else is making money on you know, she hulk she's having to fight for it so by fighting for it and winning it she's embracing it more so yeah, yeah. i think you're right kirk so by that 
time this season's over, she's going to be more be more comfortable as she Hulk, and I that would be actually a good time to be in Wyatt that last episode where they kind of meet, they have a meet cute, meet team, whatever I don't know what he's doing, you know, whatever reason they meet, so that starting next season if there is one, they can start having a relationship. Well, yeah. I do look forward to seeing her in her new outfit, which will oh, really yeah. determine how strong she feels. Because every time a woman puts on a new outfit, you feel good about yourself. And that is her buying into her feeling good about herself as She-Hulk, one. And two, will she start to feel more comfortable in her own skin as She-Hulk? It's still her. It's still the same personality. She doesn't change personalities just because you're She-Hulk. She's still the same person inside or outside of the body. The only thing that changes is the look. Um, They obviously did not share it this episode. Using it as a cliffhanger, so to speak. My prediction is the start of next episode... We're going to see that and her reaction to it. And that will be the, the pre-credit, pre-opening title sequence, I think, of reveal of well, some it could, sort. It could be because when he gives her, he gives her uh, a freebie. So this is an extra. And I, I assume yeah. the rest will say in those clips, it's kind of a long mm-hmm. fight sequence kind of thing. I think that must be the dress he made for her. Uh, yeah, you um, got that from what? From, from the, the clips. The clips of the, of the show. You saw when she said it looks like she's getting out of the limo or something and she's kind of dressed up to the nines and I think I bet that's what he made for her that kind of an evening dress okay I haven't seen that I, I, I tried I slow mode and, and stopped and paused to try to figure out what it was that he was handing her and if that was Daredevil's horn head helmet and what the bodysuit behind him on the mannequin was I couldn't see enough I couldn't resolve any of that, so I was surprised well, that he, you he got that. Brings up with this, well, that just because that's from clips from trailers before the show ever came out. I saw trailers of uh, of her um, further yeah, down the, the, in the series. But when he, her uh, designer, when he's finally tries to take on, you know, her as a, as a client, he tells his assistant, uh, "Get up all the stretch wool." I thought. Before he said that, I thought oh, somebody's going to say a stable molecule. Yeah, I was talking about that. I was waiting for that. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't. You know, I guess whatever she's got is not necessarily more resistant. It just, it just will shrink. It'll, it'll shrink and stretch with her so that she looks dressed. You know, she looks good when she's Jennifer. Then when she becomes Hulk, she it just stretches. Yeah, and it looks just as good, right? Yeah. And in the very end of the episode, though, it did show a small clip of her standing in the courtroom with a new outfit. Wait a minute! That had a split Where in the very in the cartoon at the in the cartoon clip at the very oh, oh, end. Okay, close okay. credits. And close credits, correct, which is where we saw one other thing that was fascinating. I just Uh, sent an image to uh, everybody in the Skype chat, Um, and that's basically um, where Nikki and Pug are standing at his rack of shoes. Now, I think you ought to let Chris take it from there. Well, I, I, there's one thing I have to point out on this one. Did you guys pull up that file I sent you? 
Tim and Kirk. I'm looking at it right now. No. Let's right. download it again right now. Because uh, one of the shoes, I mean, the thing is, several of them are very, very obvious. You know, there's Deadpool shoes, Captain America shoes, Iron Man shoe, Electro. Um, but one thing off I to the far left. I know you just didn't do that when Chris couldn't wait to tell. But no, the, the one that the one that I wanted to point out is on the far left behind Pug's head. I'd swear they are speedball shoes. This speedball. That's speedball shoes. Yeah. Yep. And then on the top right above Nikki's head, is that cable? Because it's got all the pockets. Oh, to the right of her head? No, on top the of black? her head. The black Next and red, that's America. Deadpool. Straight above it. What? Straight Next above. Captain America? Yeah, straight above her head. Cable? Uh, I was thinking cable because it's got the big pockets, or big pocket there. Yeah, but I don't know what the red, the kind of red symbol is. I know, I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. It's an X. Things. You got the things put just above her nose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, this must be fascinating for people who don't have this graphic in front of them. <laughs> well, they've got Nova at the Nova core. They've got look looks like Electro. Yeah, is right next to Miss Captain Marvel. And the one above it, it I think, is Namor. The one above so. Electro, because it's got the the oh, scales yeah. like the like his briefs. Those wings. Yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't even see the wing. Yeah. It is Namor. Yeah, there's Spider-Man, yeah, there's, Spider-Man there's now Cyclops. Beneath those wings on that shoe are Falcon. No, no, that's that's you're talking about the upper ones. Those are Falcon, the, the red and white ones. We're talking about the green, one, the green scaly one above Electro. If you look at it, the top of the shoe's got wings coming off of it, just where yeah, Neighbor has the wings on his ankles. I top right uh, now. Ankles. It yeah. looks like they've got a green goblin one there above Captain Marvel's, and then the one below her. Uh, Captain Marvel's Ben Riley is Ben Riley's the Scarlet, Scarlet Spider. Spider. Scarlet Spider. So that's, oh, that's pretty cool. Too. Yeah. yeah, and then of course Moon Knight down at the bottom. Okay. I mean, some of these are very obvious about what they are, like Doctor Strange in the upper left hand, not quite the corner, but the. I forgot, Chris. Who's the one on the upper right, upper left hand corner, kind of reddish brown, red and brown? What? Juggernaut. Juggernaut. Hawkeye? Uh, yeah, it's Hawkeye. Yeah. Heavy Hawkeye. Yeah, okay. It's probably possibly just It took me a while to figure out the green and, and yellow one that that's vision. Because it, it looks more like a square than a diamond as a symbol, you know? Right above Cyclops. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, I'll say something they didn't do with this drawing, but this, when I was watching the episode for the second time. And I got to the scene where she is talking to him at her desk. I couldn't, once I saw it, I couldn't stop looking at her eyeliner. Her what? She had this crazy two-tone eyeliner. It was like partially gold, partially red. And what again, it is the craziest eye makeup I've ever seen. 
Are you talking about the... Nikki. Nikki, yeah. Well, you know what it reminded me of when, way back when, gosh, was that the 80s when, or late 70s or early 80s when women would wear the leotards and the... Um, uh, Dance kids. Leg warmers. Leg warmers. Yeah. Yeah, and and everyone's hair was really crazy high, as high as you could get it, and women would wear their makeup like that. They would wear, you know, the really highlighted uh, pinks and greens, and I saw Titania was doing the same thing while she was, you know, all her makeup looked like that as well. Which was just kind of crazy to me. It's a little bit out there for my taste, but you know, to each their own. I, you know, whatever makes you feel good. But I personally look at that and I'm like, wow. <laughs> I, now I do like li- eyeliners when they're done really tastefully, but I didn't like that personally. I didn't like it, well, but. Established that she is a little flamboyant because I think when they're going to meeting with the designer, she's just something about color or something. She's always very colorful. And yes, like, oh, no, no, no. Sure. I just want a business suit. That's all I want. I just a business suit that'll, you know, stretch. You know, that'll adapt to basically it's unstable market that'll adapt with me. So that so that uh, they need to get FF in there so they can establish that. Uh, somebody has created a stable model. Well, I mean, they can, I they can always. That's why we won't we won't see Wyatt Wingfoot by name, as I think he's included in the Fantastic Four intellectual property that that yeah. has not been introduced yet. But I I just think he's in their stable and and we ain't going to hear his name. Yeah, I think we're going to hear more about Wakanda and Cotton before we hear about unstable molecules. Well, yeah, yeah. call they could call it that, but vibranium. Threaded, you know, something come up with some nonsense about how you know it's you know because vibrating is is basically been the stand-in for adamantium. Uh, but yeah, once you break Wolverine in of what they're going to have to introduce, that oh we've created this new uh, metal of adamantium. Yeah. I mean, really, does she know how to answer that question yet? Though she hasn't had very many fights as far as we've seen, not truly had very many fights most everything she's had a fight in you know it gets torn up a little bit yeah sure but she hasn't been put against fire she hasn't had to deal with water she hasn't had to be worried about getting cut up so really when he asks her uh what do you you know what kind of suit do Are you, you what kind of it? superpowers do you have you know i mean really she her superpower is strength. So, what do you give her? I mean, besides shrinking and getting big, what do you give her? It just needs to be something durable, something that like, right. if she she gets hit by a rocket and it's not going to work. It needs to be flame retardants at least, so that you know, she doesn't. She may be fireproof out of her clothes, and then she's going to be standing around naked every time right. she's doing fine. Speaking True. of which, I have a uh, I have a homework assignment for you, Beth. If you've oh. not already read Fantastic Four 275, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, standalone issue, that's your homework Is that what's green and has a staple in her navel? There you go. Oh, man. That's the one. Okay. Um, <laughs> to, you know, 
you'll, you'll understand when you read it, but we should have a discussion maybe next week about that as well. We're, uh, we're just past the top of the hour here, guys. We've been talking for about 45 minutes or so. Is there anything else we want to bring to the table that we haven't covered regarding this episode? Hmm. No, I don't think I, so. I think I've covered pretty much everything I, I can think of. I think they missed out on an opportunity to some throwaway line that she won her suit. Because she won her suit, and she won her suit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there you go. Fun, guys. Nice little tongue twister play on words kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Did you guys notice there was no end credit sequence? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, no scene. Yeah, but you got the teaser with the Daredevil thing. I think that yep. they just said, you know, that's going to get everybody's tongue tongues wagging. No need to go any further. Well, I, I heard that when he shows up, it's going to be like really fussed on him, and he won't be just a kind of a cameo. He'll be in the whole. Um, oh, is he coming into this series? But is he going to be the same Matt Murdock Daredevil that we saw in, you know, the the series that is also in uh, Spider Man No Way Home? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's he's gonna be, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know gonna it's going to be him, but I'm, I, this is like, I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody else has been who I they've been, so yeah, it yeah, should I think be. He'll be the Daredevil from the Netflix show. Yep. When they open that door, thing. that you know, bring in. I mean, if she's doing level stuff, bring in, uh, bring in Luke Cage, you know, you know. Yeah. Well, we've already had the Kingpin in in the Hawkeye series, so. Yeah, yeah. So we've had. You know, well, the question is, are they going to come in uh, and meet each other in the courtroom, or will it be uh, meeting each other, picking up their outfits what? again? I don't know. <laughs> are they going to just bump into each other? <laughs> I. I don't know. I, I think they'll probably meet each other in court first, and then, and then for some reason they're running to each other on a rooftop or something. You know, it'll be <laughs> right. Like you know, she won't. He'll be able to tell who she is, but he'll obviously familiar. Uh, I don't know if she'll find out that he is Matt Murdock. She may. I don't. Know. Would that be interesting? If she tells her, hey, you know, but. If he's in LA for something other than just for lawyer stuff, why is he guys? I guess he has or, or she's gone to New York for something. Yeah, that could. Ooh, that's probably it. Yeah, and I I prefer to see her in New York to see, you know, basically just yeah. see what kind of Easter eggs they're gonna throw into it. You know, the the She Hulk walking around Manhattan, and you know, who knows what she's gonna run into. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I've enjoyed the series as as it is. It's been it's been a hoot. Um, again, I, I, you, as we talked about the legal aspects of things, I think this is one where you just don't can't take it too seriously. It's uh, all right, and it's yeah. There's not there hasn't, and I guess it's because there hasn't been been. I mean, this is kind of night court level. Uh, yeah. Of legalese, it's not order. It's not L.A. law. You know, it's not. Uh, you know. It's like Alec Ma- Alec Ma- Ali McNeil. Um, yeah. It's, it is goofy. Porta. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I guess it's growing on me. I, I really kind of didn't like it when it first started. And that, well, we need to cover it, you know, just to, to give it a fair shake. And uh, I wouldn't necessarily rewatch any of them, but it's, um, 
I'm not getting as cringy moments as I was. When well, I, we're not going to have the the, kind of, the moment where she's going to be jumping rope naked. Okay. No, no. So, no. so they're not going to do that. And they're also not going to do the roaches crawling all over. Hopefully, they won't no, do that. No, no, they're not. <laughs> they won't. Unless they decide that they they, they can't they can't possibly stick her in she hulk form. But it would that, be that it, it would just be so worth it for her to get into a superhero battle in her new outfit and not have it rip or tear in those places just so she could show the comic code yeah. authority label. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not even My relevant guess is, well, anymore, well, is it? Well, it purple leotard, purple and white leotard, which seems to be the color she's stuck with. Yeah, it, it seems like that's what they'd, um, they'd done. I mean, we've seen the commercials where it shows her kind of leaping into the scene just a little bit out, and it looks like the that's purple right. and white. Yeah, the truth. Yeah. Now Kirk had to step away, but I think that we are uh, pretty much at the end of uh, this episode here. Now, of course, we'd like to know what you guys are thinking, how you feel about it. So please write in and let us know. You can write us, of course, on our Facebook page. Uh, we'd love to, to hear any kind of feedback you want to give about the episodes up till now. Uh, you can also write us on our, at our Gmail account. That's uh, got to get burned at gmail.com. And uh, burned is uh, it's g o t t a g e t b y r n e d at gmail dot com, and then of course we also have um, our account on uh, Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes, and we'd love to get a five star review from you out there. But if you want to give us less stars, that's fine. But just leave us a review. We'd really, really like to to hear from you and hear what you have to say. Now Kirk has gotten back, so it's time for us to go. <laughs> we really appreciate All you right, checking in. And, and, yeah, but uh, so everybody, uh, Tim, say goodnight. Night, everybody. And that's Tim Elliott. And then Kurt Greenfield, say goodnight, Kurt. Goodnight, everybody. Beth and Chris, you, you guys can do it separately or together, however you want to do it. Adios. Goodbye, everybody. And I'm Brian, the guy. And that's it for the She-Hulk uh episode here. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, and have a great weekend. Great week. Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. 
That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Two Two Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gotta get burned at gmail.com that's g-o-t-t-a-g-e-t-b-y-r-n-e-d at gmail.com drop us a line and tell us how we're doing till next time this has been third degree burn some men aren't looking for anything logical like money they can't be bought bullied reasoned or negotiated with some men just want to watch the world burn